Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Lopez wants it away. And it's a deep to left center. Andrew Jones on the run. This one has a chance. Home run! Piazza and the Mets lead. Mets fans, welcome back to another edition of Believe in the Mets. I'm your host, Nick Durst. Thank you for joining us once again. We appreciate all the support as of late on the YouTube page. Continue to like and subscribe and comment. We appreciate everything you are doing. Well, the old saying goes, when the going gets tough, the tough get going. And now it is time for David Stearns to get going because this is tough times for the Mets fans right now. Ronnie Mauricio, he tears his ACL playing in the Dominican Winter League. Why is he playing in the Dominican Winter League when he's going to be likely starting for the Mets in 2024 after he won the Dominican League MVP last year? It is mind-boggling. He's out now for the year, and it does not look like the Mets are going to get Yoshinobu Yamamoto. I'd be surprised if they do, as the Dodgers have all this money still and all this space after that ridiculous Otani contract, a lot of deferred money. What a way to cheat the luxury tax. The Yankees, I think, are more of a favorite as well. So we'll see how it has to play out. And a lot of the Mets right now, what we're preaching and Stearns, it's, we don't want to clog holes. We want to keep some openings for some, some players, some prospects, one of them being Drew Gilbert. So we're going to discuss him soon as well. So joining me now to discuss all this, he is a lifelong suffering Mets fan as well, but he's kind of uh, disassociated from his fandom as of late. He is an expert at all things college baseball, so we're going to welcome him in now, and joining me on the show at this time, he is none other than Johnny the TV. Johnny <laughs> V, welcome in. What's up, man? Nicky D, been a minute, kid. How you doing? Doing well. Welcome back to Johnny V. Of course, we have the great Mets prospects breakdown, which is still relevant. So go back, scroll up on the channel or up on the iHeart or iTunes or Spotify page. Listen, we broke down the whole farm system for the Mets. So right now, Johnny, the Mets, it's not looking good. I don't think they're going to get Yamamoto. Where do you think Yamamoto is going to turn out? I think it's going to be the Dodgers or the Yankees. I think the way that the Dodgers structured that contract with Otani leaves a lot of room for them to go after Yamamoto, maybe go after a Juan Soto next year. And I think that contract should be illegal. It's it's cheating the luxury tax system there. So what do you what are your thoughts, I guess, on the Otani signing? Any surprises the Mets really weren't involved at all, didn't even make an offer? And where do you feel Yamamoto falling here? I mean, honestly, why would Otani want to come to the Mets? The Mets aren't a serious the Mets aren't a serious contender. Um, and if they were, then maybe he would have reconsidered. But when you consider the geography of L.A., he's been in L.A. for the last, what, five, six years. Yes. It's much closer to Japan than New York is. Yep. Otani stays in the same city, and he's going to a team that is a perennial World Series contender every year for the last decade. 
So to me, it doesn't really make sense. It was a no-brainer. And like when, when the Otani sweepstakes were happening, people were like, oh, like, you know, maybe the Red Sox, maybe the Yankees, maybe the Mets. Like, no, no. Like he, the guy wanted to stay on the West Coast. Like there was reports saying like he, he did not want to go East because of the geography. Yeah. And the only other team that was maybe in contention was the San Francisco Giants. And, you know, like Otani gets $700 million, And I know he's great. I know he's a generational player. No players work that, dude. No. And at least for this year, Nick, you're paying $700 million for just a hitter. Yeah. A guy who's not going to play the outfield. For the Dodgers case, guy, they're paying $2 million for just the season. <laughs> well, you know what I mean. But, like, yeah. a guy who's they – they're not going to let him For a season for a DH. They're not going to let him steal bases. Like, you know, obviously you got to pay for him to get him. Whatever he wants, you got to pay because – the Dodgers are a team that has been historically a choke artist yeah. since whatever 2014, and the only ring they won was a Mickey Mouse ring in the COVID season, in a, in a, a 60 game season. But to, to be honest, it's not looking good for the Mets, bro. Because not only did the Dodgers get Otani, but now they have a fellow countryman for Yamamoto. They got money because the Dodgers cheated the luxury tax, as you so eloquently said. I mean, obviously. You know, the MLBPA and the, the whole league should step in and be like, I, yeah. come on, this is technical. And MLBPA accepted that because it like it makes like it sets a weird precedent for their players to say, oh, we could pay them like such little amounts. Uh, but I guess this really wouldn't work with other players. You think Scott Boris would have let his, his client do this? No, because Otani's oh, agent is silly because how is he going to get his commission? <laughs> He's going to wait 40 years. The guy, the, the agent's probably at least 40 years old. Uh, it's just strange, but yeah. Yamamoto, obviously the Mets have Senga and there's some relationship there, but I think I think Yamamoto is not interested in the Mets. I think the reason why you heard the story about Steve Cohen and David Stearns going to Japan is like a public relations cover up here. So it's like, hey, we did we did our best effort. We went there and they did. But I just don't think there's any major interest there from Yamamoto. I think he's going to he wants to be in this traditional franchise. He's either going to go with the Dodgers or he's probably going to end up with the Yankees. And if the Yankees get him, and after they got Soto, I think David Stearns, he better take cover here. He's going to go 0 for 3 in the offseason where he doesn't get a big slugger in Yotani or Soto, doesn't get Yamamoto, and he got Carlos Mendoza as the head coach after he couldn't get Craig Council, Johnny. I, here's the thing about the Mets, though. If we're being honest, like obviously if you're the Mets front office, you're not going to come out and openly say this, but – they're not a contender this year, and they're not a contender next year. Uh, there's even rumors are shopping Pete Alonso out, which is like it's 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 like killing a unicorn. That's a cardinal sin. Like, what are you doing? And I, I think the realistic possibility here is Yamamoto is rumored to be looking at getting a three hundred million dollar contract. Like, I don't care how talented you are. You're a guy who's never played American baseball. A three hundred million dollar contract. Julio Rodriguez didn't even get three hundred million dollars, and this guy is got like 60 home runs and 60 stolen bases plus combined in his first two years. So in my opinion, you're paying 300 mil arguably or in that neighborhood for somebody you don't even know what he looks like in American baseball, whether he's the real deal or not. If you're the Mets, like you're going to pay that, but chances are you're probably not even going to win 80, 88 games. You'd be lucky to win 83 games. It's to tell you the truth. So, you know, if, if I'm Yamamoto, you have a lot of suitors that are looking to throw money at you. Right. Number one, why wouldn't you look to go to a team that has a chance to contend? And number two, 
Now you have your fellow countryman who probably is like in your ear saying, yo, like LA, LA's legit. I've been in LA. I've been in LA for almost a decade. Uh, it's real. Like it's close to Japan. Like to me that it's hard to compete with. The Yankees are the only other option, but even still, like I just, I don't know if I'm buying it. that you're going to pay $300 million for this guy. Like, so uh, what the Mets know. is, I agree with you. They're not a contender for 2024, but that's by design, I think, because they, they could be a contender. They have the resources, financially. They have the prospects where they can go trade for a starting pitcher. Now, your guy, Tyler Glass, now rumored to be traded to the Dodgers. If the Dodgers get Yamamoto and Glass now and Otani for next year, I know Otani's not pitching. They're the favorites. So the Mets, they have they have the, the financial means to, to change to turn it around, but they want to go all about the prospects. And you know, we'll, we'll talk about that momentarily here. I, I don't know how, why, if you're David Stearns, you want to come to a, the Mets team where they have the financial means and you want to kind of do a rebuild. To me, you could you should win now, win later. That's what the Dodgers did when they got this new ownership group. They developed the farm system, but in the mean the immediate term, they spent a lot of money on players. Remember, they they got Adrian Gonzalez, they got all these players, they took on the big money, uh, and they got Mookie bets and whatnot. And that's the way I think they should have went about doing this. We'll see if they don't get back the Yamamoto, they should have got Seth Lugo. He's gone to the Royals now. So there's really they're not gonna get Blake Snell, they're not gonna, like you mentioned, with the timeline sign these these guys who are older they're going to just ride it out with the young guys get some people for a year or two the thing is johnny the mets last year they they sold at the deadline maybe it was prematurely because they only finished i think seven games behind the diamondbacks in the standings who go to the world series so with the seven with the extra wild card now it only is going to take maybe 84 wins 85 wins to get into the the playoffs. So if you if you're if you feel you're even within striking distance and you can do it in the offseason monetarily, why not try to sign some big name free agents? Right now they're not signing anybody. They signed a bunch of minor leaguers. This team needs an outfielder. <laughs> While hearing about Michael Taylor is their top target. Michael Taylor is a 220 career hitter. They need offense. So things are going in a, a dangerously wrong direction. One person that they were maybe counting on this year to help offensively, which I thought was going to have a good year, a good rookie year, was Ronnie Mauricio. Ronnie Mauricio tears his ACL in the Dominican Winter League the other night. Why are, why are these major leaguers playing? I understand maybe like last year he played because he was a minor leaguer trying to prove himself. If he's going into this spring training penciled in as a starter, why was he playing in here? Why are the league, the, the, the teams signing off on this? This is a this is a big deal here to see Ronnie Mauricio, Johnny, who is probably going to start at third base or second base, out for the season. Devastating blow to him. Devastating blow to the team. Yeah, I mean, listen, these guys probably want to stay sharp. Ronnie Mauricio probably had high expectations of himself. He looked good in his limited action in the Mets last year. I mean, he's a guy that you know is capable. He had a lot of potential, and he still does. And it's it's an unfortunate blow because he was figured to be like you said. A key contributor to the mess this year. But I mean, I don't know why he's playing in the winter league. Uh, I, I think, you know, it's probably because, like, what else is he going to do? It's just you want to come into the season ready to go. But at the end of the day, man, like, I, I do think it's going to be a rough couple of years for the Mets. Mm-hmm. Like, we're, we're coming into the 2024 year. I'd be surprised if the Mets are even considered to be 
really somewhat contenders until 2026 because the prospects that they have coming up, most of them aren't going to be ready to come up for a couple years. They have a good farm system. So my guy, Drew Gilbert, who we talked about in the summer, was a huge centerpiece in the Justin Verlander deal with Houston. And I, I think they won that deal. I think the Astros won that deal. A lot of, or I'm sorry, the Mets won that deal with the Astros. A lot of people don't watch college baseball and they don't understand it. And they, they'll start to realize who a prospect is once he gets to like double A and starts to produce like, bro, I've watched Drew Gilbert at Tennessee. This kid is, he is a, he's a competitor. He's a gamer. He's got skill. To be honest, I thought the Astros reached on him in the first round in 2022 last summer, but this kid's got raw talent. He's got power. He's a good center fielder. He can be a leader. He's a guy that's a spark plug. And I feel like there's a shot that he could get some time in the bigs this year, probably after the all-star break, especially if it's in a lost year, maybe you see what you get out of him, get him ready for like 2025. Um, but then the other guys like, you know, Luis Angel Acuna could be a producer, you know what I'm saying? But then like they have these young guys like Jet Williams, Colin Hawk, uh, they're not going to be up for a while. Kevin Parada is a guy I also watch at Georgia Tech. He hits rockets, but they also have Francisco Alvarez. So, you know, you have two catchers. You already have Pete Alonzo. As long as you don't trade him, like, you know, Kevin Parada, it's it's going to be hard to get him, Lindor, or him, Alonzo, and uh, Alvarez in the lineup at the same time. So maybe you look at trading him. And then the pitching prospects – you got a guy, another guy who I watched at Tennessee that played with Drew Gilbert, played Tidwell. I think he's could be a solid middle of the rotation guy. Brandon Sprote was the Friday night guy for Florida last year. He's probably not going to be good to go for another few years. So the prospects are there, but it's going to take some time. And to tell you the truth, it almost doesn't even make sense to spend all this money now. Like you kind of got to embrace the suck for a couple of years because you want to build up some of this prospect juju, getting them closer to their appearances. And then when you're ready to really pounce, then maybe you go in and you, you get some of these free agents. Because, like, what are you going to do? You're going to get Yamamoto, spend $250 million in a lost year. Your well, ace right now is Kodai Senga. The thing is, Yamamoto is only 25. So it makes more sense to sign him than say, let's sign Blake Snell at age 29 for an eight year deal because. In 10 years, yeah. if you give Yamamoto 10 years, 35 at the end of the contract, he's still probably going to be, I guess, his injury pitching well. But you mentioned Drew Gilbert. There's a lot of pressure on a guy like him or Acuna here, I think, on this season to make the team make an impact during the year because David Stern's winter meeting said, we don't want to sign anybody long-term like a Matt Chapman or these outfielders because we don't want to clog up the space for these young guys. And – We've been hearing this for a while now with this franchise, but listen, Brett Beatty, he came up, he hasn't hit. Mark Vientos, he hasn't hit. So it's not just like a guarantee if you tear up the minors that you're going to be coming up and tearing up the majors. So we'll see what happens here. But you got to hope Gilbert's good. Another guy we didn't mention uh, was Clifford, who was in the trade for the Astros. He projects to have a higher power ceiling than Gilbert, but he's further away. He was supposed to go to, to Vanderbilt, I believe. So... They're all about these young guys right now. But the thing is, you mentioned all these prospects, and there's really not space for all these guys. Jet Williams, he's a shortstop. Acuna, he's a shortstop. The Mets have Lindor at shortstop. They have all these outfielders, and the, they have Parati, you mentioned. 
So I don't understand why the Mets aren't on the market to maybe trade some of these guys and get some people who could be long-term pieces, like your guy, Dylan Cease, like your guy, Shane Beaver, like a Corbin Burns, uh, who are going to be free agents in the next year or two or glass now. They have the prospects, like you mentioned there, to make these trades. So I don't see how they're going to better their team in the long term if they hold on to all these prospects. Eventually, you have okay. to put some of these guys. Here's the thing. Okay, like Tyler Glass now. Tyler Glass now is one of my favorite players in the LBA. He has been for the last few years. But, you know, we're looking at it. Tyler Glass now is like 30 years old. He hasn't pitched, he, he hasn't pitched I think, more than like 18 starts in, in, in his career. Like when he's healthy and he's right, he is one of the premier pitchers in baseball. But because he plays for the Tampa Bay Rays, you know, he's not really as known as some of these other guys. So, like, not only do you sign Glass, no, you have to, like, really worry about if he's going to be healthy. But, like, if you're the Mets, signing one or two guys isn't going to do it for you. Yes, you have Alonzo, you have Lindor. But that's a really good combo in, in at the top of your lineup. But the other guys, it's just not there. And, like, forget the lineup, like, the pitching staff. Like, you have Senga. You, you might think Sanga's gonna re- you might think Sanga's gonna regress in his second year. Guys have more film on him. It, that happens. Like, but let's say, let's say for argument's sake, Sanga does not regress and he he even improves on what he did last year. Another another starter won't make a difference. You need probably at least two starters to really make an impact. And you probably need a couple bats. You need one or two prospects to pan out. That's a lot of ifs, and that's a lot of money spent. So I think, honestly, the Mets this year, for at the bare minimum, are going to have to take it on the chin and then kind of see where they're at with the free agent pool uh, heading into 2025 because, you know, they're going to have to spend a lot of money and they're going to have to have a lot of things worked out in their favor. And in NL East, that's loaded. The the Braves just got better. They have, they have trade targets of their own. And then if nothing else, they have a superstar blooming right through the, right through the minors in Hurston Waldrop from Florida – Hurston Waldrop, a first-rounder, was a steal in the late 20s. I couldn't believe he didn't go top 15. This kid's a dog. This kid might actually become the ace of the staff for the Braves in a few years. And if not, he's probably going to be the two behind Spencer Strider. There's an unreal pick. Then they have the Phillies, who's loaded. They have the National, who's coming up. Washington Washington has a roster that's coming up. They got Dylan Cruz. Obviously, a lot of people now know about him, but the guy that they don't know about that was a steal was Yohandi Morales out of Miami. Yo-Yo Morales is a guy that's going to hit 35 home runs in the bigs and probably hit close to 315. They stole him in the second round. He carried the Hurricanes all last year and was the reason why they even made the field of 64. Um, like To be honest, like I don't – and even the Marlins. To be honest, like the, the Mets are going to have to wear it for a while. They might be the they might be the worst team in their division, and they're going to need a lot more pieces to even be in contention. And then they have to even discuss like, are they keeping Alonzo? Are they going to pay him? Obviously, they should, but you don't know what the I new think, owners. I think the way that things are playing out so far, I think if the Mets are really out of it at the trade deadline, which I think they will be, David Stearns will not hesitate to trade Pete Alonzo. He will ship him out, get whatever he can from, because. Listen, I think Stearns wants to build this his way with his guys. Obviously, Alonzo, not his guy, but that would be a cardinal sin to get rid of Alonzo because Alonzo, he's the best player on the team. He would go down if he signs as a Met for his career. 
as the best offensive met ever. He held all the records hitting wise. So that's going to be a tricky situation here. But now listen, it makes a lot of sense why the Mets ended up getting Carlos Mendoza first time manager because they're going to be losing. So it doesn't really matter. They, this is I thought this I thought this was a win now team, a win now scenario. But everything we've seen in the offseason has been a we'll wait and see type of type of type of uh, offseason. So we'll see what happens. The other news was that the Mets they are they dropped to the 19th pick in the draft next year. There is they were slotted as the seventh worst team. They dropped down to nine. If their pick was outside of the top six, they were going to lose mm-hmm. 10 spots because of the, the luxury tax. Now they're at 19, Johnny. Uh, any guys, I mean, obviously the college baseball season hasn't begun yet, but at that spot in the draft, are they going to really be able to get like a impact guy who will make an impact before, let's say, 2027, 2028? Yeah, I mean, listen, losing out on the a top six pick was big because of their luxury tax. They had to slide all this way, but – there's a lot of talent in this in this uh, draft class. Like last year, um, the thing is, you know, obviously we haven't seen the season play out, so you don't know what's going to happen. Like I thought there were certain guys that should have went top 15, top 20, and they didn't. And you have to mix in the international group. You got to mix in the high school group. But some college prospects that I think the Mets could use, and I probably would highlight pitching first because they have a couple guys on the offensive end. There's two guys I want you to keep an eye out for. Number one is Trey Savage from East Carolina. This kid is their Friday night guy. He's a bulldog. He had a great season last year. This is the kind of guy that the Mets could use. He's a mid-major guy, like the mid-major East Carolina Pirates. Cliff Godwin, their, their head coach, always runs a good program there. This is a guy that could pump it up to like 98, 99. Um, so I would definitely keep an eye out for him. I feel like he might slide. He might even slide out of the first round, depending on what happens this year. Then there's another guy who I think is a dark horse. Jonathan Santucci from Duke. Left-handed pitcher. Also was their Friday night guy last season before he had Tommy John surgery. He he shut down Wake Forest uh, in, in March when these two teams played. For anybody that doesn't know, Wake Forest was – Really the best team in college baseball last year. I know LSU won it and Wake Forest lost to them in the semifinals. But like top to bottom, the Wake Forest team and Deacons were the best college baseball team last year. In my opinion, no question. He shut them down. He's a lefty that's getting up to 98. He's got a disgusting slider that generates a ton of whiffs. Big strikeout guy. When he gets right, the thing he's got to get under control is the walks. But – Coming off a of Tommy John year, it's going to be important to see how he progresses and how he comes back because he absolutely has first-round talent. And I think there's something to be said for a, a lefty at this stage that can really do some damage and you know, maybe an outside shot if we're talking pitchers. And this is an outside shot because I'd be surprised to see him fall outside the top 12, especially considering his profile. Arkansas – their Friday guy, Hagen Smith, another lefty. There's rumors he's he's getting up to 100, 101. That's as a southpaw. He he pitches in the best conference in college, the SEC. This is a guy that I would also look at. God forbid he slid to 19. You just you never know how these drafts work out because 
Uh, something that plays in to the MLB draft that a lot of people don't realize is something called slot value. So you have to fill out your entire draft in a certain amount of dollars. So some teams might not want to sign a guy because he's too expensive and they, they want to save money. So like, obviously we don't know what the slot value is yet, but I think the the pipe dream for, for the Mets, because I, I would think that they should go pitcher because there's pitching talent here. Hagen Smith is the guy that I would really want. But like, if you got a Trey Savage or a Jonathan Santucci, I think those are wins. I think those are guys that could really come up through the minors within two, three years or less. Well, you heard it here first. So keep an eye on those players this season. Johnny, this has been great. Let me know where they can find you. Yep. Um, I'm on Twitter at underscore Johnny VTV. Always putting out the good stuff. College baseball. Uh, I have to announce my my podcast coming up uh, closer to you know the end of January. I got uh, my guy Matt Grissom uh, coming on with me. We had a we had a great run last year with Beck Karma. Uh, just putting out a lot of good content. Wake Forest was my uh, was my preseason team. They came close, and you can find out who my dark horse is this year for for college baseball. But uh, tell you something, bro. I'm trying to get you on it. College baseball is better than the MLB. That's a fact. I, I can't we, – we can't argue it. And I, people don't know it yet, but they're going to find out in the next few years how good this sport really is. All right. Follow Johnny. You'll see a lot of college baseball tweets and a lot of MLB betting tweets as well. And, of course, follow me at Nick underscore Durst on Twitter, at Nick Strudis on Instagram, and continue to follow us at Believe in the Mets, at B-L-A-V-I-N-T-H-E-M-E-T-S, all over the place. And, of course, on YouTube, keep subscribing, keep liking, keep commenting. And that's going to do it here for this episode of Believe in the Mets. Until next time, everybody, let's hope for the best. And let's go Mets. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.